0: and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.
1: Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to the Paula Price Show, where you can experience scripturally organic, culturally unmodified teaching, get answers to your questions, and receive powerful prayer from your host, Dr. Paula Price, author of The Prophet's Dictionary. Tune in now and get ready for an exciting time of encouragement and transformation. Welcome your host, Dr. Paula Price.
0: Hey everybody, this is Prophet Ashley and Dr. Paula Price back for another episode of the one and only, the one that started it all, well, the one that restarted it all. Hmm. Because let's just talk, started it all, and then, well... That ended. Uh And so, we'll just say that ended. And now, and then uh, five years ago, the hour of prayer power was born out of trial and adversity and depression. (laughs) (laughs) And then that didn't end. Yes, five years. That did not end. Yes. Happy fifth anniversary. anniversary.
2: Anniversary.
0: And now it has rolled over. Into Ooh. all kinds of goodness and greatness.
1: Hmm. What do you think, Dr. Price? I think that when we started this, nothing prepared me for, I'm ready, nothing prepared me for five years later. That's what tickles me. And I'm because Ashley, you, you, you said it lightly, but bottom line, we did this out of sheer. Uh, what, determination, resolve, devastation. Devastation. I knew it was one of those Ds. I was going to say,
0: we, I think we started <laughs> in the state of mind. We were able to come like, back to, like, to talk about the image.
1: Oh, my gosh. When we did this, it was, you know, just to let you know that God can bring elevation out of devastation. Mm. And sometimes we think that when we have to be, you know, humble, crumble, humble, <laughs> we don't know. Sometimes we think that, and what happens is we think that's the end. But I have learned in my journey with the Lord that often a material end, hallelujah, is a destiny beginning. Now God is wrapping up old and for you to go into the new. And because we have been so ill-trained in understanding God, I want to do like a 10-day series maybe 10-week series on understanding God, comprehending His ways. We need to have that because the body of Christ is confused, conflicted, in error, and and I can go on, because we have had those off-the-cuff teachings that help somebody in a prayer closet but have no benefit. As a matter of fact, it's counterproductive in the public platform. See, we have a lot of private devotions that were addressed that God addressed in an issue. It was an issue. People had an issue. And so we have a lot of private devotions that are being propagated as a public, universal, or corporate answer. Uh, to the body of Christ, or I should say universal answer to the corporate body of Christ. You are following some directions and some people's counsel that was only for their issue in private. It was God's response to a private prayer. And we all know that private information pertains to a specific situation. And so we, God answers these people's prayer. He's answered your pastor's prayer. We saw in the whole thing with, um, with, um, profit and training to mirror. That was a specific platform. Now, it has some merit. Everything God had, said can have merit, universal merit, but that doesn't mean it has universal application. Scripture gives us both universal application and individual or situational application. It, it gives us that. And so when we go out and we go forward and we try, you know, we're doing all the things that God wants us to do, but you are sitting in, the, you're sitting in your local church with the pastor who has either, uh, and I'm not saying everyone, because there are some great pastors out there. I happen to be one. So let's you know that. But, but the fact of the matter is we cannot ignore the state of affairs in the church. Something is wrong. Something is deeply wrong, and it is wrong systemically meaning not just, not just at the root and not just universally, but systemically. Something is wrong. There has been something sold in the root of Christianity, in the root of the, the New Testament church in, at the very core, where it draws its sap, where it draws its life, where it draws its nutrients. Something is fundamentally wrong, systemically It's not even, it's lower than fundamentals. And so when God says he needs to lay the axe to the root, he's making some powerful statements, but you need to know that systemically you might have been sown something that was for an individual situation that you're trying to apply to your life and pass along, if you're a leader, to the lives of others. You know, that was good. I got the slap. Something. I'm gonna slap her up. Sorry, slap oh, I'm the early slap guy. Early slap. Yes. And so we have to go to when God said he, we have to go and lay the axe to the root. We've got to get into the root system of why the church is what it is, why it believes what it believes, why it is irreverent to its God, why it is errant, why it, it, it's celebrating heresy. We need to understand that why the doctrine is not only flawed, it's contaminated. It's a contagion, and it's become contagious. Doctrine passes on like any other viral infection, or viral contaminant, and so a lot of this stuff at the at the root, at the very root come on Jesus, help me Lord at the root this doctrine is flawed because it's producing a flawed Christian, it's producing errant Christians, it's producing weak, fearful Christians it's producing confused Christians it's producing a body this thing is it's like a, a, a an infectious, a viral infection that is running through the body of Christ, and we don't even know what it is. We don't know how we got here. And, we, and when we say how we got here, every, the first thing you do in a knee-jerk reaction is you begin to say, that can't fit, because, well, my pastor's different, my church is different, and you don't know. You only have this. You've not conducted any experiments. You've not done a whole bunch of research. You've just gone on with your emotions, because at the root, at the root system, at the systemic level, the church has been fed emotion without intelligence. So you are highly emotional. You are conditioned to let your emotional, emotions operate as your intelligence, as your intellect. So you, you, you can't even speak logically. You know, there's no logic. You're, think about it. For the last, what, 40, 50 years, we've been on the rhema word of God. Not the Logos word of God. We've been on the Rhema word of God. Logos belongs in schools and in theology schools and seminaries, but it doesn't belong in your everyday life. Rhema can be adapted. Because Rhema is the rhetoric. See, we add, we you thought of it as just prophecy, but when you study Rhema and you go to the root of rhetoric, you're gonna find Rhema. But see, that takes logic and intelligence. So the rhema is a rhetoric. And then when you study rhetoric, you realize that it's a discourse and it's all of that. But the one thing about it is that it's, it's, it's spontaneous and it's theoretical. So you have to deal with the fact that you've got a lot of rhema words. Yeah, my pastor gave us a rhema word today. you never checked what that meant. That meant rhetoric, which means sometimes it's rhetorical. But we have to understand that in the beginning was not rhema. In the beginning was the word was not rhema. In the beginning was the word was logos, which means logic tempers rhema. Or logic tempers rhetoric. Rhetoric has got to come through the filtering screen of logic, the logos of God. There's a logic system. That's why we got all these laws passed, because these laws didn't pass on logic. They didn't pass on intelligence. They didn't pass on wisdom. They passed on sentiment. Because for the last 40 years, people have been groomed to feel without thinking and to curse their thinking, curse their intelligence, ban intelligence from their world, from their processing, from their deliberations. I mean, we have been taught to ban intelligence. It's a taboo. Oh, am I saying something today? So you don't understand that you're operating on your pastors or your favorite preachers' rhetoric. Because at the root of the word rhetoric is rama. Oh, come on! Can I just say that? again? I need to slap something. Are you guys following me today? Because you have to go back in your in your closet, get get all the way back deep 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 deep, deep in your closet and get the rhetoric out, or at least put 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 your rhetoric that all those rama words through the logic of God. That's why a lot of prophecies don't make sense because they're rama and they're not logos. Mm. You know, I'm having fun this morning, right? Yes. I prayed. I said, Come on. So, you had to go. So, you got a lot, a lot of young prophets are giving you rainbow words. But they have no logic because logic takes experience. Logic takes education. Logic takes experimentation. Logic takes investigation. You've got to research, and there is an infrastructure that needs to be in every prophet and in every prophesy, indeed, every minister that has filtered all that rhetoric, all that rainbow words. So why am I making a big deal about it? Because rhetoric is what you pick up. So along the way, you pick up a lot of things that people say. Sitting in meetings, listening to people talking about their experiences with God, taking somebody else's testimony, and because it bears witness to your Noah and your jumper and your leaper, that you go on and take it as a gospel, but you don't filter it. You don't put it through the test. You've been trained, not only that, to, to, to knock out the logic of God, the logos of God, you've been trained to not even try to figure it out. Don't ask God, because, you know, his feelings get hurt. He's real tender like that. That's what things can. So you can't ask him a question, and you can't inquire. And throughout the whole scripture, it's saying, ask of me, inquire. Do you know, you want to know about your kids? It says, the prophet says, ask of me concerning my son. You're supposed to ask God about your children, and you're supposed to ask God from a a prophet that has had somewhat of the training of an Isaiah, not just a prophesier. I'm going to keep going after that because we got prophesiers sitting in the office or attempting to invade the office and does not know how to use the equipment. That's like getting a new job. They put you in this high-class, high-tech office, and you can't do anything but sit there and remember how well you did it the last job, where it was easier, where the equipment was easier, where you didn't have to worry about what this button did and what this says and why this is open and what's this security code and what's this security system. But I'm telling you to get, but as surely as Jesus is Lord, what I'm saying is going to strike the planet and it's going to take off because there are a lot of people out there who are, whose lives were shipwrecked on a rain of work that had no connection to the logic system of God, the logos of the Almighty. Jesus has a logical mind. When people tell me now, you know, I just love it. People tell me now, well, you know, God could do it. If I, and you know what I used to say? Yeah, I guess he could. No, no. Logic is not stupid and it won't do stupid. Logic will not do irrational. Logic will not do faulty. Logic, logic will not do um, uh, flawed. It won't do it. And stop saying God could do it. God there, God will not do stupid. And stop letting somebody tell you, well, it could be God. No, it could be some God, but it can't be the logos. It could be some deity, some law-breaking devil, some criminal spirit but not the Lord Jesus Christ. Well, you know, God, you know, God could do it. God could put anybody in power he wants. He could, but he already decided before the foundation of the world who he would put in power according to his logic. See, when you read Daniel, you're gonna see it. It says, But the most high rules in the kingdom of men, and he sets over it whom he wills, even the basis of men. Daniel four. So God already decided who he's gonna put in power. God does not need an election for us to, to decide who he wants in power. He needs an election for us to enforce what is decided. I thought that was good. Black? I know it, right? Y'all need to get some slap applause because, you know, when it gets good, you got to slap something. But I'm telling you, so from now on, as you go forward and you start exploring prophecies, just because somebody gives you a prophecy doesn't mean you just take it at face value. You have a, a, a responsibility to yourself, your own due diligence. There is such a thing as prophecy due diligence. And you have a, a duty to yourself to explore the word of the Lord. I do not get upset when people tell me, well, you know, Dr. Price, uh, I'm going to have to pray about it. My feelings don't get hurt. Are you kidding? I'm just messaging you. I'm the envelope and uh, in the, in the letter. You have to go and research your archives and see if that envelope and letter fits you. I will not be offended. First of all, because I'm right, because I will not prophesy, but I'm not sure. And so I will tell you that my feelings will not be hurt because I'm going to tell you, you give me a word, I'm going to check it out. I remember one day a significant prophet that found me. I had a, a, you know, god got a lot of Noah Dyer's in the body. You know, Noah Dyer is a false female prophet. She's running the prophetic network. You know, she is running with the the chief prophets and the the major prophets in the circle. Noah Dyer, you're going to find her in uh, uh, Nehemiah. Now, this Noadiah is the territorial prophet. She is going to make sure you don't encroach upon her turf. You don't take her place. You do not cause her whatever. She's like right like there. She's like at the right hand of Jezebel. So in, in, in the account, Nehemiah realized that Noadiah and the rest of the prophets were trying to talk him out of completing his project for the Lord. And so coming with these of words. Okay? And so she came and she started telling them about if you finish this, this is gonna happen, terror tactics their okay? If you finish this, if you do this, if you do that, this is going to happen, and all of a sudden raise your stress level, raise your panic, and then to erode your faith so that you will begin to wonder, if you even heard from God, should I finish? Is this God? I need to work it out. And so, Noah Dyer, you're always going to do that. When Satan knows that you're big in the kingdom, he's going to always send you the, I'm telling you, the Noah Dyer and the other prophets, and that sneaky prophet that said, come on, let's go to lunch, because i got to give you the word of the Lord. You know, the Lord told me that if you finish and if you go on and that the enemy is outside and he's going to chase you and he's going to do that, Paul had that. And sometimes it comes from well-meaning people, not malicious folks. Paul was like, I'm going to to go to uh, Rome. I want to talk to Caesar. Everybody, I mean, they begged him. Prophets begged him because they all saw that in the end he would not come back. But Paul had already made up his mind. I'm going. If it kills me, I'm going because, I I, I, listen, they can only harm my body, but I've got to have it on my record. Some of you all need to just have it on your record you did what God told you to do. Some of you just need to have a testimony in the earth that no matter what you stood having done all to stand. Some of you all need to let that devil know I defy cowardice. I defy intimidation. I defy inferiority. I defy in- in- insecurity. I defy the odds. Some of you all need to have it on the record that I'm bigger than the odds. I'm bigger than the devil. I'm bigger than his threats. I'm bigger than his character, I'm bigger than his I don't care how he comes. I'm going to have it on the record because my body will die in a moment, but I'll live forever. And when I go into the library of God and I look up my archives, I want to have it in the books of God that I fought the good fight. And that heaven and earth knows those principalities and powers in heavenly places that Paul talks about in Ephesians 3. I'm telling you, Tim, you need to understand that, yeah. Sometimes it looks like it shouldn't be done Or you did all you could and it didn't turn out But when you stand up and God says Well done, that good and faithful servant He's got it in the book, you know what But you pressed and you did not Take your life As if it's the only thing If you did not You went to the end, sometimes You need to have it on record that you Finish whatever God gave you, the effects, Now comes of God, but I'm going to have It on record because when I go into My file, when I get an eternity to I go into my file, my file is not going to say quit everything, left everything undone, easily intimidated, quickly eliminated. My file's not going to say that, won't, can't stop, wouldn't take care of it, easily dis- diluted, easily mm, that misdirected, gullible. Your file, you have to decide because you're going to leave that thing forever. What will your file say when you make it as if just by fire and you go and you look at it? what you've got to live with forever, because the Bible says your works follow, so you can talk all of this this school. Here, this sounds big. It's kind of like, you know, earth is like high school. High school seems powerful, huge, and the, the, the opinions of the populace is, is important until you get into a bigger thing called the world, and all of a sudden, you realize high school is just a fit in a bucket. You go to college, and all of that college rhetoric seems so cool, and it seems like we're going to control the world, blah, blah, blah. And you get out here, and you find out, yeah, but you know what? Somebody's been controlling the world, and they want to fight. So let's get back to no You thought I forgot, but I didn't forget, because I remember. And so let's get back to her. So Nehemiah is building the, the house of God, building the wall. He and Ezra, they got they tag team. And the authorities and the, the government and all of that coming against them. And so, well, what are they using? They're not using census. They're not using that. So you think that all of this little trending stuff is what's coming against you? It is not. It is those people, those prophets, and those powers in high places. Prophets and politicians. That's who came against them. Oh, I got to get a sip. You know, I'm so shady
2: both.
1: I got to get a sip. Y'all get a sip with me. Come on, let's sip together. Mm. So, we got prophets. And politicians. And sometimes we got political prophets, and sometimes we got, you know, <laughs> prophetic politicians. But they're coming, and they're all coming, letting him know, you need to stop now because the king going to be mad. You need to stop now because they're going to come after you. You need to stop now. It's okay. Uh, and and it's raising a panic. And every time, and one day, and Nehemiah put that thing together. He said, then after it kept coming, because sometimes you may not catch it the first time. You may not catch it the second time. It took a little bit for Paul to recognize that the vining damsel was coming after the word of God in him. So you may not get it, but after a while, Nehemiah said, but then I realized, oh, my, he said, I realized the Lord had not sent them. Do you know who God is sending and who God didn't send? He said, I realized the Lord did not send them, but here's what he said. My God, I'm ready to jump out of my chair. He said, I recognize not only that the Lord did not send them, but they pronounced, they use their office, they use their mantle, they use their authority. He said, But they pronounced this prophecy against me to make me afraid that I should become afraid and leave off doing what God called me to do. Leave off building. Abandon the project. Hey, oh Jesus. He said that I would leave off, that I would abandon my call. I'd abandon my project. I'd abandon my work. I'll abandon my God. I'll abandon his future. I'll abandon his destiny. And you know what? Some of you all, you got a Noah Dyer and club prophecy. So this happened to me one day. I had a no-and-dying prophet see, trying to tell me that I, you never going to be this and this is never going to happen. And, I mean, my sister got three words out, and you know I'm crazy. I said, so let me just stop you right now. I said, that is not the word of God concerning me. I got a draw, full of you're going to take nations, you're going to be known, you're going to be a household man, God's going to use you to do all of this, you're going to write so-and-so books, you're going to establish this, and here you come out of left field. I said, so I curse those words right now, and I shut them down, so you won't even finish this prophecy with me, because I know that's not the word of God concerning me. I know, because I'm not abandoning my project. I'm not abandoning my calling. I'm not abandoning my destiny, and I'm certainly not abandoning my God. So you need to back down. Now, was was a wonderful phone conversation, and you know what? We had two more bouts, and then it was over. One of the things I may not understand, I may not understand my trials, I may not understand the setbacks and all of those things, but what I do know, I'm in my calling, I'm in my purpose. And if I stay here long enough, hell got the bow. See, I told you, you got to outlast the devil. I don't care how many times you cry in the midnight hour, you know, that's what pillars are for. If, If pillars could talk, we'd all be embarrassed. But let me tell you something. It's what you do when you wake up in the morning. It's the declaration on your tongue when you open your eyes. It's what you do while you're getting dressed for work, while you go into this situation that's looking so stinking bleak. You are going and you're standing there and say, you know what? But I'm in the right place, and I'm doing God. And if I, I get nothing out of this, but, that, but it goes on God's eternal record. Because it said it's, there's three to bear witness on earth and three to bear witness in heaven. Well, when my earthly and heavenly witnesses record how I handled this, they're not gonna say I abandoned my project, I abandoned ship, I jumped off, I left people hanging, I walked away and didn't care to other the people who believe are uh, 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 right now devastated. I didn't do and I won't do it. I won't do it not because I'm all that great. Because hey, all flesh is as grass before the Lord, and all of it, the flower fade. I got all of that. Trust me, I done got some faded flower. Man, my pollen got old. I want you to understand, but I'm going to you, God is going to know i finished. And sometimes finished looks one way for one other person and another way for someone else. But i finished. But you will not have to worry about me saying, you know what? I'm so sorry, guys. We all going to go together. I'm going to fight this thing with the last breath I got. Go, with it. go get me a good night's sleep. Maybe I have to cry a little bit, pray in tongues, walk the floor, cast down some devils, rinse some devil necks. I'll do that. But you need to understand, the greater your call, the higher the prophet will come with the rhema of word that will make, get rid of you for Satan. Now, I just saw this note. I just saw this, and this is not going to, uh-uh. I'm telling you, i watched it. And when I read that, I'll never forget that. And the Holy Ghost took me to that when I was reading Nehemiah one day. And he just let me know, my people are saying Something is prophecy that I didn't say, because prophecy lines up with God. Proverbs 20, I, I believe it's Proverbs 28. Uh-uh, I believe it's Proverbs 28:5. It's not a Psalms, and it says very clearly that we have to know the operation of God's hand. We don't know. You don't know how God operates, and you don't even know that God wants you to know it, because we told you, well, what could you do? I mean, after all, He died. No, no. You need to know him. That's why the Bible says over and over again, that in the New Testament, it says about you know him. We, may, we need to know Jesus. When you know Jesus, you know Logos. If you know Logos, you can tap into logic. We've told you logic doesn't have a place in worship. Logic doesn't have a place in prayer. Logic doesn't have a place in sermons. Logic doesn't have a place in preaching. Yet you live on a planet that's created by logic. So clearly it's important to God. The intelligence, you need to look it up. The intelligence of God. You need to recognize that. When you go through logic and you go all the way back, as it is with Raymond, you go all the way back, you're going to find logos. So they are the foundation of creation. They are how we're doing it. And so I need you to think differently. And stop celebrating illogical prophets and illogical prophecies and illogical messages and allowing them to tell you what God could do it, not the way you're saying, what you're saying is illogical. Now, I'm not saying that, that there are not things that God will reveal to you that will make absolutely inane sense, but you can find them in his word. You have no place to find them but in his word. So you, can, you need rhema. Rhema is a good teaching word. It's a good discursive or, or discursive word. But you need to understand, rhema answers to logic. It doesn't eliminate it. You know, just like the gift answers to the office. It doesn't override it. Right now we have gift supplanting offices because we haven't, because we're running on rhema. Well, you can't tell me what God told me. I can't tell you what God told you, but I can tell you what God talks about. I can tell you what he says, I can tell you how he thinks, I can tell you his mindset, I can tell you his logic system, and a lot of us, I can tell you his framework, so I may not be able to give you your particular utterance, but I can sure test your utterance by God's revealed self. If God tells you to marry a whore, you need to understand he's mad with you and the whore, and he wants you to write about it. You know, God, God is love. God is love, and guess what he loves first? God. Guess what he loves second? Jesus. Hey, guess what he loves third? But you can get it. Holy Ghost. And then after that, God loves his righteousness. Holiness is in the Bible more than, more than love. He loves righteousness. He loves holiness. But so we, if we're going to talk about God is love, I'm going to need you to get on God's love platform. Because most of y'all are throwing, throwing God's label on Satan's perverted platform. You see, Raymer can do that. No ghost can. It is illogical for God to love sin. It is illogical to him because he's the logic system of righteousness, and he created everything in righteousness. But Ecclesiastes said that God created man upright, and he has invented many schemes. This is important. I hope you're following me, because this is important. There's a logic system to what God does, and we have taught you rhema so much. You think that rhema is God. Jesus, is. in the beginning, was the word is logos. In the beginning, God said. See, if God's not talking about rhema. Rhema, word runs through your processing, you runs through your thoughts, and it's based on what's in. What's in is what comes out. But it, it, it literally is meant to compose, compose a body of thought and not the logic of actions and deeds. Oh, I wish somebody would hear me. It has a place, not knocking it out. The prophets ought to be trained in logos before we train them in Ramah. Messengers, period. God said in Isaiah, he said, you are my messengers, that I am God. And a lot of this stuff out there is not distinguishing God. You're not sanctifying God by your words. You are including God. You're making Him part of everything else because you're following the influ- The what do you call it? The uh, uh, the uh, influence of other gods. Because you don't have logos. If you don't have a logic system, you can't eliminate false gods. You can't eliminate false prophecy. It all sounds plausible to you because Raymond will tell you things are plausible. But Lockett is going to tell you this is impossible, for it is impossible for God to lie. Oh, God who cannot lie, false prophecies are lies. It is impossible for God to lie. God, God who cannot lie, who commanded the light to shine in the darkness. See, a lot of rhema is a lie because it's based on human thought. It's based on humanism, it's based on uh, false doctrines, it's based on fallen angels, it's based on the seducing spirits, it's based on the doctrines of devils, it's based on the commandments of men, and that is not God. It, It fails the logic test of the Almighty. God is not going to put anything above him. He said, my glory, I will not give to another. So you come in there and God, you, somebody's going to give this rainbow word, but you're going to be all of this. What was Satan's problem? I'm going to be like the Most High. He had a rainbow. And logic said, not so. Logo said, never happened. And it never did. And I bet you he was surprised when this thing went into play. He found another side of the Almighty. See, because, oh, help me, Jesus, I'm getting Oh, yeah. He found another side of the Almighty. Imagine. Come on, walk this scenario with me. Let's just have, take, a, take a, 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 a an episode out of Before the God, God's eternal continuum. Here we are. We have this cherubim. He's light bearer, son of the morning, running his own planet, running his own world. He's, he's entrusted by God, but he is precluded from being on the highest mountain. Something kicked him out because he was once dead. so his emotions have been successful. All right, so he he's he said I'm gonna be like the Most High. I'm going to sit on the mouth of the congregation. That's where, where those that are, have, have earned the right to be in God's mind, to be in his thought chambers, to be in his decision-making. To, uh, I'm going to be up there. He said, I'm going to be like the most high. Now, can you imagine that you are, since the time you've been created, like Adam, you have known nothing but the sugar side of God. He's sweet. The land is, is paradise. The land is peaceful. Everybody loves each other. They all get along, and he just sits there, listening, reading his his Creation, just doling out goodness, doling out righteousness, guiding them, you know, establishing them, creating more to carry out His vision to keep His whole realm intact. Can you imagine? You are loved into a false sense of security, and you arrive at a false decision, a false a, a, opinion of the Almighty. He should. I, 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 know yeah, I know I can take him. I know. Did you know that devil said, "Here, I know I can take him." I know I can take him because he doesn't do war. He's love. He's he's this. I know I can take him. Oh, shit, Abel. Because I know I've never seen him get angry. I've never seen him lash out. I've never seen any of that. He's too sweet to fight me back. It's like the criminal that says to the cop, you won't touch me. So he doesn't believe that. So can you imagine his surprise when he met the backside of the almighty, the dark side, when he met that seething rage that he didn't know exist, when he met that high defense. System that he didn't know God had when he realized that his Lord, his maker, is a fighter. He probably was stunned, but by that time he sucked into it. Because you don't get God moving and think you're gonna turn him off. He's like a machine that won't stop. He's like the sun that'll keep burning. You will not ever get him going. He said, Don't get me started. He said, Because if I take my sword out of the sheet, if I wet my glittering sword, he said, I will not. Put it back until I've accomplished. Some of you have set things in motion with God. You engaged him in battle. You engaged him in conflict, And he won't stop until it's established that he is that I am and that he wants. Can you imagine that Satan did not think that God would fight back? He did not think, oh, sure, they both. He never thought that God was fighting those sweet little angels, those cute little cherubim that we like to play. They turned into ruthless and, I mean, destructive warriors. They didn't think that. So you think you're going to a heaven that's going to be like a little paradise beach. You cannot tell me about that it's very clear you you imagine the son of God that he thought was just he just a child he is nobody the Christ he doesn't know anything because he doesn't know because Satan has invented and created something in in God's world in God's realm that never existed and that's ugly that's horror that's death that's crime that's abuse that's neglect that's devastation that's profanity and ruthless and bullying that's his world that's his system. That's what he tried in heaven. And it stunned him that there was another side to the Almighty. And all of a sudden he like whoa uh uh huh. oh you hit? You fight? I would imagine the first time he felt the first blow, he was like uh this is not going according to plan. And I'm telling you the church of Jesus Christ today, don't make that mistake. Don't assume. That somebody who learns how to keep his own realm safe and intact is so caught up with your little mushy emotions that he's disarmed by his love. God's not disarmed by his sin. God is motivated by being the Alpha and the Omega. What are his motivations? You need to know that I'm going to be Alpha and I'm going to be Omega. I'm going to be the first, and I'm going to be the last. I'm going to be the beginning, and I'm going to be the ending. I'm going to be the lion, and I'm going to be the lamb. I'm going to be the sovereign, and I'm going to be the savior. You understand that God's going to be both extremes, and if you need him to be ugly, he said, I can do that. I read Bible things until I met this side of God. I was like, oh Jesus. I used to read these Bible things, and they would change the words. A lot of your Bibles change the words because they can't imagine that God has a dark side. But if he's out for the he better have it because if not, then he's losing his battle, we ain't never getting out of this. Because if Satan is the dark side and there's an isolation, a separation between them, we're not getting out. They can't imagine that God has a power side. That God has a ruthless side that God is determined to win. You all have no idea. When you hear people say that kind of stupid stuff, I want you to put your hand over your mouth so they don't see you laughing in their face. But I want you to think about this. Isn't
2: that stupid?
1: You're saying that the, the, you're going to spend eternity with a God that can't keep his planet, can't keep his people. You're going to spend eternity with a God that won't shoot a gun, that won't whatever. I hear Christians talk about the, God is, is not in the military. Are you kidding? God has been warring since the beginning. He decided to make them. For the moment that angel said, I will exalt my throne above the stars of God. I will be like the mouth most high. He's going to force himself into the Godhead. God said, not so, son. He said, and what did he say? He said, I will cast you down to the lowest parts of the earth. He said, but before I do it, i will put a fire in you. I'm going to put a flame in you that's going to eat you alive from the inside out. So, yeah, don't act like God doesn't understand war. That's why he's the Prince of Peace, because he understands war. That's why he's telling you, uh, in me you will have peace. In the world, you'll have tribulation. Why do you think that God's got war and angels? You have no idea. They have been fighting forever. That's why when he talks about we're not going to study war anymore, he's not just talking about us. He's talking about himself. I'm finally going to rid myself from my adversity, from my adversary, and I am going to go back to the days of peace. I'm going to go back to the days where there is no uncleanness. All of this stuff y'all think is going to be in heaven. Are you kidding? They killed that. They killed it in heaven, and they killed it on earth in all these generations because it didn't start out that way. You are walking around here talking about, did well, you know God is all about marriage and the family? Yeah, the marriage of the lamb to the family of eternity. Otherwise, everything about family began on earth, They began in heaven. Everything. Everything. And so I, wanted, I I needed to share that with you because you have no idea. You don't know the operations of His hand. You don't know the mind of God. You don't know God's history, destiny, and logic. That's why I wrote that book. And so many say, are like, I don't know. It's just too big." Yeah, but you're still out there doing big things and making big mistakes. And big errors in judgment based on the fact that you are operating on your pastor's 30-minute sermon and their back room and their prayer room revelation that should have stayed on a hanger and not come out on the pulpit. God did not give this thing to pastors. However wonderful we are, he did not give it to pastors. He did not launch his church with pastors. He did not do it because he knew the idea of pastors is distribution, and cohesion can't come from that hallelujah, that I'm not sing? I got one more thing, because I know you think I'm done, but I'm almost done. <laughs> Woo! And y'all need to sow me a seed, because I just broke your fruit. Sow a seed. Stop feasting at my restaurant gratis. Sow a seed. And so significantly, so according to the deliverance, because I, I know I broke you free. Some of you all, you're sitting there wondering, I don't even know whether I'm right or wrong. Some of you all contemplating, should I stay here? Should I not? If you're not getting fed, if you're not getting nurtured, if you're hearing the same sermon year after year, the same rhetoric week after week, and then all of the, all of the guest ministers coming with the same rhetoric, you probably need to know God is giving you an opportunity to shift. Hallelujah. To To shift. You know, I'm melting up here. I am preaching preach myself. I'm sweating everybody. and have and stuff. Y'all look at that. Y'all, got, y'all look at what you bring out in me. And so I'm going to tell you something. When you listen to God and you start following all of these things, a lot of you all, I'm going to talk to you today about fasting because some of y'all, your church is telling you to fast and your, your pit pulpits and your, your, your prayer closet because see, y'all think that the only thing that show up in your prayer closet is God. But you realize that Satan and, and, and devils are not bound by brick and mortar. So you need to recognize that. So you have to do things that will keep them, prevent them. But let me just tell you this. I'm talking about fasting. i got to end on this note. You know, we like to do that. We we think fasting is a great thing. I, I used to fast, and I, and I'm not against it. Tell everybody because, you know, saints got to hear the whole truth because you all run off half the story. Mm, I'm, I'm trying to get this. Um, there we go. So I want to talk to you, um, oh, he wants the whole thing. So I want to talk to you about this. I want to talk to you about fasting because it's important. It's very important. And I want to talk to you about it from the perspective of um, from the perspective of what God does. We talk about fasting. We talk about um, you know getting revelation from fasting and all of that. Well, I'm here to tell you, revelation doesn't come from fasting. Answers come from succeeding in the, uh, clearing your soul. So every time I looked in fasting, it was always paired with suffering. It was always paired with sorrow. Nehemiah one, fasting and sackcloth. That means that you're gonna take off your finery and you can walk around looking at your absolute carnal worst. Now, of course, that's an abstract concept, but I just want you to understand it's an attitudinal one. That means that you are not obsessed with anything but getting the fasting going. And fasting is supposed to be paired with prayer. A lot of people fast to lose weight, and there's something in there that talks about that in, uh, in Psalms. With, with, um, Psalm 109, 24. Fasting, it weakens you, and it reduces your upset. In other words, you, you slim back. But fasting has always been about weeping. It has always been about sorrow. But the whole purpose is that fasting is to chasten your soul, humble your soul, afflict your soul, mourning, and weeping. I think you would like that. Now, so why am I saying that? Because... People have said they got this revelation and that revelation out of fasting. You don't get revelations in fasting. You get discipline. You get chastening. You get, you, now, you do get instruction. These are the things that God needs you to fix. You do get that, but you need to recognize that, that fasting is not what you think it is. And we want to fast like Jesus. Do, for, the worst fast to go on. And I'm, I'm speaking now from experience, well, not experience, but from the Lord, because I wouldn't do it. There's the worst fast to go on. There's a 40-day fast. And you know why? Because a forty day fast, only Jesus did it. I think Ezekiel did, and I think he was struggling, and he you know, he had to do it laying on the ground, no clothes on, eating human waste. Because those fasts are meant to get rid of flesh and sin, human barriers to what God wants to do. So anyway, he um so he did the fast. Uh, Jesus did it, but Does anybody realize the first thing that Jesus met, and who was in that fast with Jesus? The devil was in that fast with Jesus. Forty days, the devil was in that fast, and the devil was the one giving revelation. You see all this stuff? I'll give this to you, if you would. Do you see all of this? If you would, jump off the cliff and see if you live. And if you live, then I'm going to make you whatever. The devil was in the fast. With Jesus, because your devil is always in your fast, because until he's out of your body, he's going to be in your fast. And so he's there, and at the end of 40 days, at the end of 40 days, angels came, and Jesus' fast was for him to shed the world. And shed his worldliness, because remember, he came into existence as the incarnate son of God, and with the soul of Mary, he was raised in a Judaic culture. Now, as Yahweh, Jesus is not, was not a Jew. And we act like he was, but he wasn't. As Yahweh, he was not a Jew. As Yahweh, he was God. So, when he took and set aside Yahweh to become Yeshua, he became Yeshua to the nation that he is birthed, of the offspring of Abraham. But in as, he, as a form, there was no, he, he had no nationality. That's why when people had those stupid arguments about Jesus, I was like, oh, yeah, kid, what the, come on, logic, logic. It's illogical for him to have a single nationality when he is the progenitor of all he cannot he has a, he's a he has an omnific nationality he cannot be just a Jew he cannot in the earth he was Jew under the law of Moses Jesus was a Jew when he made his prophecy to Abraham he was Yahweh and he was All nations and all creatures and all things, not even just all humans. He was all animals, all angels, all everything, everything that came into existence. Guys, we need to get to the logic of the Almighty because logically he is everything. And he can use whatever model he holds a patent on life. He holds a patent on human design. He holds a patent on divine architecture. He holds a patent on human architecture. So you all be trying to talk about, I ain't serving a white Jesus, and I ain't serving a black Jesus. I'm trying to tell you, you don't know Jesus. You trying to serve a fallen angel because the God of the, of the creation has no nationality, man, no ethnicity. Now, nah. he can show up as black if he wants to. He can show up as white as he wants to. He can show up as Asian if he wants to. He can show up as Middle Eastern if he wants to. He can show up any way he wants to, as European if he wants to. He, he is Yahweh. Yeshua is the Jewish God who then decided to go in the wilderness to shed his Judaism because he had to go save the world. He did not go back home as a Jewish man. He went back home as Yahweh Because that's what he was going back to do, to pick up his divine privileges. So he's for everybody. He's the God of every nation because he made it. He rises from the dead. They think him that he's the gardener. He shows up all the time. And even in his human form, he said he was born under the law of Moses. Come on, somebody. He was born under the law of Moses. But when he rose from the dead, he went back to being Yahweh, Jehovah, and Yeshua. Because he dropped all of that in the wilderness. When God puts you on an extended fast, you've got to drop your heritage. You've got to drop your nationality. You've got to drop everything for the destiny that He's calling you. And He doesn't need anybody else to do it because people. I've never seen anybody, and I said it to um, to uh, coming in today. I've never seen anybody who do a, do a forty day fast and then I come back with false doctrine. Never, because Satan is in that fast. He's in that fast with you. So you, he, he's going to come and try to get you to do false doctrine. Now, I, when I was writing the dictionary, I, it happened to me with the dictionary. It happened to me with, um, uh, help me God, the dictionary, God's apostle revised, ooh, Jesus, eternity generals. So oh, my Lord. It happened to me. And so I understand that. And I understand that if you're not well-versed in the word, then he will twist and tweak your imperfect doctrine to his advantage to inseminate you and inseminate it with his seducing spirit or his devilish doctrine. He will do it. Because you know what? When you are fasting for 40 days, your body is not the only thing that shuts down. You are not processing anything. You have no food to process. So all of your guards are dropping. All of your mental guards, your hormonal guards, your neurotransmitters, I'm telling you, everything, all of the things that keep your mind straight, all of the things that keep your heart straight, they're starved so they're not protecting you, so you can't filter. That's why Jesus proved himself to be God, because at the end of that thing, he was still as faithful and righteous to the word he offered as he was in the beginning. So whoever you are, and all y'all thinking that it is noble to do the Jesus fast, you better become the Jesus person. And I've not seen that happen. I've never seen it happen. I've met, I've met people nearly die. I've met people later on get diabetes. I've met them later on get fat. I've met them later on get all kinds of physiological ailments. Because when you do that fast, you can't be walking around. Jesus was not running around doing ministry on a forty-day fast. He was not going home and sitting at the table asking God to give him grace not to pick the piece of chicken out the bowl with the family. He was isolated. And the Bible says he was with the wild beast, which means he was isolated. And, and no matter how rich he got, they were waiting for him to die. He was—he had to find himself and keep himself alive, starved out with wild beasts. See, we don't—we don't talk about that. And the angels are all standing there, can't help, cannot help. He has got to. This man, literally, his last meal. We're in day thirty-five, and you know what? He's been circled for dinner. And he still has to use the word of faith and trust that that faith that he brought from his world to this one would send off those animals and those buzzards and all of the other things because they can smell that he's weak. And he's sitting there and he he, and he got to fight with the devil. You never hear anybody in their 40-day fast talk about Satan coming to get them, taking them up on a high mountain, and offering them the world. All they're saying is, well, you know, but God was just talking. You don't know if it's God because your focus are gone. You don't know who's talking. All you know is that you're able to pick up a, a imperceptible sounds and words. You're able to hear non-physical conversations, but you don't know where to put them, and you don't know who's saying it. Because you are now an open book. Every channel is open because you have nothing, nothing for you. You're delirious. Come on, after the fourth day, you're delirious anyhow. So you're delirious. You don't know who's saying what. And if you're running around still doing ministry, you are definitely picking up things in your empty, famished state of existence. So let me warn you against that. I've never seen it fail. People come back with error. You come back with doctrines and devils and seducing spirits. You come back all happy about you and lost 60 pounds, which already tells you where you are and why you did it. But I've never seen it. I'm telling you, and we've been at this a long time. I've seen people turn dark as ash. I've looked at them. I said, oh, man, death just took you over. You have no idea what's stepping in to take the place of your food.
2: Prophet (laughs) Ashley? (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> <laughs>
1: ah. fasting is to destroy you not to rebuild you you are built by nourishment you're destroyed by fasting and it took Jesus being at his weakest point for Satan to take and lift him up and show him the kingdoms of the world in a moment of time it took him at his weakest point for him to be able to do that. Are you having fun? Yes. <laughs> Are you ready? On restriction
0: behind the camera. Yeah, I know. We, we, we you know Sunday, I live in the sound booth, so Yeah. Very loud. Yeah, but you know what? Hallelujah. <laughs> I'm just making room.
1: Yeah. Are you? For all my toys. You got toys? I have toys. Okay. she got pets. Yeah. You know, I think we probably got to get a longer one of these. What you found. Yeah. Well, who knew you were going to bring a platform? I thought you had a little tablet.
0: Yeah, but this, you know, my laptop, I can do more while you're teaching. I can I'm sharing yeah, can, and yeah. typing. You and,
1: oh, yeah, yeah, you yeah, yeah. You can comments. Mm-hmm. Yes, yeah, so we'll get to those. Oh, but you yeah, have other stuff. And I'm sure that Prophet the will be strolling in shortly. Oh,
2: yeah.
1: Uh, where to begin? What would you like to
0: begin? I
2: don't
0: know. Did I, I go there? You came, you came out came out hard. I do. Like mm. oh I have to share this with everybody. <laughs> because this is this is too powerful. Mm. Oh, well, okay, fasting. I mean we <laughs> have <laughs> we have taught fasting as one of the ultimate noble things that you can do as a Christian. Religious life. That's right. It's too fast and Make that flesh suffer so God don't get the glory. And The longer you can go, the more awesome you are. Mm -hmm. And here you come, like the righteous wrecking ball of (laughs) of truth. (laughs) We got a sacred slaughterhouse right now. And knocking that thing south with the logos Mm -hmm. of God. I mean, talking about how fasting, must be done with prayer. I think one of the main, main things, well, the whole point, but Jesus came off the scene. Mm-hmm. Yeah. When you are talking about these different voices talking to you, first of all, you're going 40 days without food. You're hallucinating. You it. don't even know, like physiologically, <laughs> you don't so have to fight for <laughs> your mind. Yeah. You don't know what's showing up. All of these latent issues in your soul are coming up. All of these old things that you've been able to bury for years are coming up. And they're talking to you. They're trying to find their way out.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Oh, my
0: goodness. And so, even just from a physical standpoint. Mm When do we make our least amount of sense? When we haven't had sleep and we haven't had food? Yes. People don't make it up a diet. I mean, we have whole
1: You, you okay. got to play around the meals. You're like, oh, what? God, I can't think <laughs> what, Don't
0: <of> I know? Don't I know? What? What are you talking about? I have to problem. <laughs> I'm struggling. I'm struggling. I'm struggling. I'm focused. You know, just drink your lunch. You drink your butter. Yeah, because see, that's not a meal. Mm-mm. That's a drink. <laughs> and, and even just those basic logical mm-hmm. Things that we don't think how and how the devil was in that fast with him. I mean that that to yeah, me yeah. was like most of us can't can't withstand the temptations of the devil fully <laughs> loaded. <laughs> Not so, I don't even understand how and how we just miss so many things like you said because of that Aaron doctrine that does spread. Infectious. Mm-hmm. It just yeah. runs through the body Because we are a body yeah. You get an infection in your foot It can be in your brain by the time you're at dinner If it's not taken care of
1: That's true. That is and true.
0: you're like oh, how did that happen I mean I just cut myself yesterday And how is it that I have to take 25 yeah. Shots and pills and Milligrams of this and X amount of that Yes and to save my life How can it be that serious poison Runs through the veins mm-hmm. Gets
1: in the bloodline yeah, And it's over And you got no food now And now At 40 days, all your nutrients are gone. you got nothing nutritious in your body. No, and if you did not start out nutritiously sound... That's a good point.
0: ...then you are already going Mm -hmm. down that path where you said uh, all your guards are starved and so they can't filter. Mm -hmm. I, I think that we... You know, they takes you like the, the way they used to teach us, like when we were kids mm-hmm. um, about strangers, is the guy in the trick coat and it's the head oh, and it's yeah. sunglasses and oh my. And now they teach you, no, it's the guy with puppies and candy and stranger danger has taken on a whole teacher. new front. Your, your teacher, part. your neighbor, you've got to question your family now. Mm-hmm. And so I think a lot of times the saints have that old school way of thinking they can recognize the devil. Oh, yeah. He's coming like a shadow, he's coming like the Grim Reaper, he's doing all of these things. And so, angel light, all of mm-hmm. this subtle way going to show up as a vision of your dead grandmother telling you and speaking to you all these wonderful, mm-hmm. loving things. And, Grandma, i just missed you. I mean, we have all, all, story, the oh, yeah. all these all these visitations of death, coming to people, mm-hmm. looking so enticing and so inviting and so loving, and I just had this warm feeling all over me, and it's not God. No. 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 Not we saw somebody years ago who had gone on one of those fasts, and she looked great. I mean... Mm-hmm. her skin was great and she had these deep
1: uh, and oh yeah I wouldn't even dance it was black she had black bags under her eyes yeah. and she was just excited she was 14 I thought the baby not, come on sweetheart I'm gonna need you to look in the mirror and yes. stop looking from the neck down I need you to look neck up yes
0: because this is not looking good on you. well we had to kind of save face in that moment because it was so shocking and appalling
1: yeah I wanted to go but instead I
0: <laughs> okay. Okay. Yeah. Well, I remember even when I first started your ministry, we were in college. Um, you taught a lot on consecration at that time. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. And you always taught us that we had to balance what we were doing, that we never went on no food fast. Mm-hmm. You know, we we had certain foods that we were either fasting from, but it was always a really balanced approach. Mm-hmm. And I remember that that taught me a lot of discipline It taught me a lot of things, but my body wasn't completely broken during that time. You know? mm-hmm. And you yeah. also taught us which I love, um, how to have targeted reasons. <laughs> you know, that you weren't just supposed to just fast. <laughs> for what? You know, I remember that you come out, you out of it, know. Like what what is the goal? You know, yeah. we, we had a we have a a, we had a book that we had to follow, we had to have objectives and reasons for why we were doing <laughs> that. Um, knowing what was gonna come out of it when we were finished. And <laughs> I, I remember always learning a very, very balanced approach yes. to consecration and fasting and you always you know, one of the things I can say about your ministry and your teaching is, you know, you're always going to make sure that the right mind is there, that the, that the person is rooted <laughs> in ground. There really is no crazy, even, even in prophetics, in the practice of the prophetics. There is no room for crazy. Listen, maybe I need to get a aside, No room for crazy. <laughs> She's not going to let you be crazy. And no, no, need no, no, no. No, no, I need you in your right mind. I need
2: you focused.
0: You know, how are you going to pull from the Spirit if you can't discern the Spirit? Mm-hmm. So I always, always admire that, and I think that you taught me the right way mm-hmm. to do consecration, the right way to even think about fasting.
1: Absolutely. And what we don't realize is that when God called national fasts, the businesses were closed, and yeah. he told them, stay in your house not circulate around the neighborhood. Don't go around, because stay in your house with your sackcloth on, be still, because you couldn't overtax your depleted body. There was, you know, his whole idea. These people go on 40-day fast, and then you go hang out with this one, hang out with that Uh one. You're listening to um, music, you're you're watching your favorite shows, because as far as you're concerned, you're proving to the world that you can be totally starved and still move around, or at least totally starved and active. And Paul calls that, in the book of Colossians, they've changed it in modern text, but in the book of Colossians, I'll never forget it, it's called will worship. You're worshiping your will to not eat, but not the God that, that you say you're fasting to. Because if so, you can't move around. Do you know why? Because you're empty, you're depleted, and you're picking up devils. You're picking your ability to process thought, yeah. your ability to filter various doctrines and to filter teachings and carrying on. You don't know. You really can't tell because, like you said, you're hallucinating. And then after that, you just lost your right mind. You don't know. Because yeah. your mind, really, because you need food. Yeah. When every time Jesus brought somebody back from the dead, what did he say? Go yeah, feed go them. Eat. He said, feed them. And then after he finished his 40 days, yeah. it says the angels came and ministered to him. Yeah. Well, we kind of think, well, maybe they gave him a bath, washed him up a little bit. No. They fed him.
2: <laughs>
1: your was
0: a Savior. <laughs> it was a little so we got to bring him back up
1: online. And then, but it was after the angels ministered to him, mm. that his power came.
0: Yes. But
1: so so, you so when you're you talking out. about
0: how he had to shed his ethnicity, shed the worldliness, shed all of those things to take on his divine assignment. For the world.
1: For the world. that. And he said, and what was he's coming to close out the law of Moses? He's coming to call close out the Sinai wilderness thing. And I said this one day when I was young in the Lord, because now I really don't care. (laughs) I'm like, help me, Jesus. I said this one day, and I had this wonderful, sweet Jewish lady in my church. She said, That's heresy. And I thought, You need to read your Bible, or you need to buy one that God spoke Mm in. Because, see, now. I'm at that point. I understand. Just like when you become, when you go into public office, you've got to shed everything. You've got to become everybody's everything. You become a senator. You become a representative. It's kind of nice, you know. I like my people. And you think you want to get an office and help your people, but that office is not for your people. That office is for all those that you are responsible for. And so Jesus had to get into the office of the Messiah. Oh, help me it she <laughs> <laughs> on on it. got it. He had to become the Messiah of the world. He came to be the Messiah of Israel, but he had to become the Messiah of the world, and he wasn't doing that in the flesh. The Messiah of the world had to leave his his, his Judaic mm-hmm. flesh
2: mm-hmm.
1: and go back to being Yahweh so that he can be the Messiah of the world. And he, that means he couldn't favor one group over another. He said that was unjust. He couldn't favor one people over another. He couldn't favor one station over another because he had to become universal. Yeah, yeah. Oh, fuck me too. Yeah. Woo! Oh. And, we don't, and we have all these arguments. Well, you know, Jesus is a Jew. No, he came as a Jew. He died as a Jew. He rose as the universal Messiah or the Messiah of the world. And I know that this is not going to make me friends with a whole lot of my blood. I got some wonderful Jewish family. But you know what? I can't lie because of our genetics and nativity, right? And error is error. So you, we got people walking around here talking about, I'm not going to serve him because he's are blood Jesus. I'm not going to serve him because he's not like Jesus. I'm not going to serve I'm telling you, he's Yeshua holding the pattern. He embodies the pattern, the pattern and the pattern of everything he makes. If he wants to show up as a lion, he'll do it. A dog, a bear, he can do that because he has the right to do so. <gasps> that is what being being free. Amen. Only he's like, okay, let me just. Whoop, whoop. All right, some of them dogs that y'all thought were just gonna help y'all out these sweet. over, mm-hmm, Jesus empowered that animal to save your life, to fight off a threat. So, because why? He's able. He's able to do it, and he's able to impart that to whatever angels and and and, and preachers that he he trusts. Okay. Yeah. You know, I'm just caught yeah. well, up. I can't, can't help this, I can do this
0: all day. long. Yeah, my soul is I, on fire,
1: Shadorbo. Jesus, honey man. That's you know, so he's a so honey man. Oh my said, God. So that's why when we have these. So, when you think, you think? Jesus is black or white? I think it doesn't matter. He came as a Jew. He he rose as Messiah. So because you understand that the, the, the church, the church was born under the risen Christ who went back to being the, the, the full. Embodiment of all peoples, all nations, kindreds, tribes, and tongues. That's why the church is universal. That's why all the bigotry gets on his nerves. All the racism gets on his nerves. He yeah. hates that separatism. Yeah. Yeah. He hates that thing. He hates it with a vicious passion because you're because it is a lie. It is a deceit and is practicing a lie. Yeah. And Revelation tells us that whosoever loveth and believeth a lot or practices a lot will not make it into his kingdom because he cannot let a racist in eternity because it was a racist that started this problem. He cannot let a bigot in eternity because it was a bigot that sold the problem. He cannot let a divider of separatists in eternity because he cannot let that thing breathe because he'll be back at it again. Right. We'll have to do the whole war in heaven again. Oh. We'll have to do the whole casting out devils again. We gotta do the whole <laughs> law again. We gotta do the whole Abrahamic thing again? Yes. He said, I'm not repeating it. He said, he died once for all. I'm telling y'all, I'm telling anybody, said. that is a lie and he cannot have it there. It's not that he doesn't love you, it's that you bring an infection and a contagion he doesn't want in his eternal world.
2: Quarantine. There's
1: nothing to do with love. Uh-uh, Earth's a quarantine. Yeah, That's well. why he got us down here, not messing with us. <laughs> <laughs> <Quarantine. laughs> this is a <this> quarantine. <laughs> we are on lockdown. Oh, Jesus. <laughs> <laughs> And here he put this whole thing sealed in hazmat. He, I'm not bringing that back here. Let's okay. see, you're caught up in a doctor because you, you're following Rayna and not logic. See, because when you follow logic, you have to ask yourself, well, how is this going to work with God? First of all, we leave all our bodies here. Are we going to know?
2: Exactly. All of the
1: bodies stay in the logic. Bodies go to the ground. Only your soul is going. In, and and, and when, it, when, um, when the dark soul goes, it's not going because it's African-American. Or because it's yeah. African. Yeah. A dark soul is not because it's dead and laden with hmm. sin. he said, so we're not having that. No darkness. The Bible said God is light. And in him there is no darkness at all. Say something. When you said. <laughs>
0: <laughs> when you said. <laughs> you have no idea what's stepping in to take the place of your food. <laughs> 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 I tell you, I want to go at a wall sometimes. <laughs> okay, I could just think about that for an hour. Go contemplate Oh, and how, I mean, all of this says to me, you have to prepare yourself for a fast mm-hmm. on any level. Any time. On any level. Um, you need to prepare your mind, your body, mm-hmm. nothing to and burn, your life. You talk about this with families. If you have a family, mm-hmm. you have to uh, be administratively Proactive and prepare people for this so it doesn't throw everything into mm-hmm. a frenzy. Oh, no, you're not
1: going to cook. Remember, you're going to do this all fast and nobody can eat. They all got to go out and, and buy candy. You better be good at sniffing and fasting.
0: Yeah. And not looking like you're about to fall out. Scare <laughs> <laughs> the family. Oh, my mother's well, yeah, because we don't even think how that does playing those mm-hmm. thoughts in, in kids' minds. Oh, no, I can't do that because my mom used to do that. My dad used to do that. And then it just tore the whole house mm-hmm. upside right down. Yeah. And they're walking away with, with those kind of memories associating mm-hmm. the negative, the whatever, yeah. Yeah. And, and not the benefits. Uh, and if it's not done correctly. I mean, man, we really do have to be taught how to be Christian. Yeah. yeah.
1: Well, first of all, we have to be taught what is a Christian. Okay. You know, when I say Sunday, the Bible wasn't written for Christians. The Bible was written for Jesus Christ. So we keep trying to find Christianity in the Bible when we need to be trying to find prophecy. Come on, go, girl. You got some stuff on me. So
0: this whole Noah prophecy. prophet thing. Yeah, you like that. Somebody said on the stream, man, nobody ever teaches about <laughs> their prophets.
2: Nobody talks
0: about Noah Dyer. No. Like, oh, she's pulling up the ones that we don't usually talk about. Such a powerful revealing, highlighting, revelation, connection, of Nehemiah and how the prophet came with the people, the other prophets, and this is of God, company. and this is whatever, and when he, said, when he realized that they were not, when he recognized that God didn't send them, so he would abandon his, his work and his God. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Sneaky, sneaky. I mean, again, stranger danger. <laughs> we really think we recognize, oh, yeah, false prophet's going to come in. I'm going to know by the sound. I'm going to know by the look. I'm mm-hmm. going to know. Now, you have to be at a high level to do that. You could do that. Mm-hmm. But you've met all those devils along the way, mm-hmm. conquered a lot of devils along the way. I mean, there are a lot of things you have to do to recognize and then know what to do with that. Um, but for the rest of us, <laughs> still trying to tune up on hearing, <laughs> trying to get the wax out of our prophetic ears, it's like, what? I remember you used to say, oh, no, that's that's a devil, that's whatever. <laughs> and we were like, no, thank you.
1: <laughs> Sounds good to me. Really? How many times? That is they- demonic? Let me ask you this question. How many times? Over the years, you've been with me, January, well, let's say year, 20 years. And I asked you both, how many times have you heard me say, on a rising minister? I said, but that's not, that person's gonna fall. Oh, not yeah. gone. Mm-hmm. And I mean, reckless by the thousands, by I the called every, every one. single
0: major preacher and singer in Christendom that has fallen or fallen into controversy even mm-hmm. in these last six months. Every single one, okay, ago. you hey, years ago, ten, at least 10 years ago, at mm-hmm. least 10. I'm telling you, show and so's out, they were never with God, she's not with him, boom, 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 And you were like, mm-hmm.
1: This is breaking my heart right now. <laughs> no, well, you know, and and when you were young, y'all were like, oh, no, because, you know, because. We used to fight. We used They, they argued oh, me all the time. I said, like, no, give no, me 10 no. year, give me a decade. Because when I call it, it will be no less than five to ten years, within that decade, they're going to start singing stupid stuff, putting dumb lyrics in their songs, and because, see, mm-hmm. these people who are fallen, you all didn't listen when they were fallen. Now they've they landed in, the, in their new life. You're like, oh, wow, I wonder what happened to the man of God. No, you didn't listen. You didn't listen when those lyrics went from Jesus Christ is Lord of all to we are the world. Well, see, we are the world. I knew that when God knows. The God said, you know, let not the world will be, you know. But see, you can't do it without the Bible, because your detector is in the scriptures, and it's in the logos. When people start singing different songs, I was like, oh, they put those strange little words in it. You just mm-hmm. get a little sentence. Mm-hmm. Just a little sentence, and then make sense. Mm-hmm. that shows to me that there's a lack of fidelity. Yeah. You know, so see, you keep saying, so you, you don't know when people's high-fi turn to low-fi. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm low fidelity, and so I watched them, and you're right, oh, my stuff is falling, no. oh, it's so pretty, I'm going to leave it, it down down? here, we're going to let it be a piece of jewelry right here, so Thats. so so we're going to talk, but you know, we need to do that, because, yeah. but I've never been able to train prophets other than the, the, the three I have to the point that we can get to your, prof, your the prophetic detective faculty. Yeah. See, you need to have some detection faculty. You have to know. I'm telling you, there's not one person. I remember telling people about one person who fell and when you start preaching all of this crazy stuff uh, before the nineteen eighty seven God said it's gonna last this long and no more. Now some of them God tells me. Others as I get older, I don't I'm like, oh say they both it's like you can see a thief, both those, those people who who have, you know, talks and, and uh even people in the neighborhood, do you realize that a lot of neighborhood folk are saying, oh, that boy's a thief, he's a That, that yeah. he's an alcoholic, he's a junkie. Why? How do you know? Her? And they all dressed up and in the work clothes oh, on. That but it ain't so right. It right. right. ain't right. And what she was saying <laughs> have been seduced by the love doctor. Uh, and yeah. you've been seduced by the "Do not judge" doctrine. So even though your instincts are right and and uh, and your your assessment is correct, you've been told, "Don't you judge? You cannot. You can't put your mouth against a man mm-hmm. of God. If you're a man of God, I won't. But if you're a man of a lower God or lesser God, I'm gonna talk about you. I'm gonna talk about the men, the men and women of the lesser God. Go ahead, not
0: Oh, oh, yeah, oh. I was in it. Yes, I was it. in it. Right, <laughs> and so. How, somebody pray, <laughs> just how all of that happens. How you said how some of you need to, uh, oh, first you were talking about how we need to have a record that we obey God. You came out hot. Yeah, I did. You that- came out. Yeah. That wasn't even the first thing you said, but, and how we need to have that record. And God will put us through and put us through and put us through and, and warring and pressing and mm-hmm. making it happen to prove in the earth that we didn't quit and we stuck to it. Even when the Noah die has come
1: especially because that's discernment. When you can discern that that a prophet has come after you yeah. to take you out, and God knows I've had my shit, when you can discern the Noah diet that will tell you, you know, the more no, no, you know, Yeah, yeah, yeah. will play. Do it. You know. Okay.
0: Are you ready?
2: <laughs> I'm ready. <laughs> you know,
0: prophet.
1: I know you got a big future. You have a really huge future. You do know that, right? Amen. And you have done so well with God. But look at this. You are up here hammering and nailing, and people are just talking about you. They're insulting you and all of that. And you still stay faithful. God knows it. But the Lord wants to say, Well done. You can stop now. You can stop. And you know why? Because you have somebody else who's going to come along. You know, one soul to another waters, and God gives the increase. You understand that? Mm-hmm. So you need to recognize that you have done your part. And so you need to go on because if you continue, you're going to lose everything. You realize you're going to lose everything. And then what will you have? That's going to be a poor testimony to the Lord.
0: Mm -hmm. What should I do about the fact that God told me to stay on task with it?
1: Well, that's what I'm saying. I agree with you on task. Mm -hmm. But understand, now, I'm a prophet. Mm -hmm. We both Mm are. So God is saying you're your work is done. You've done your part. You have to do something for somebody else to do. This is, is this worth your family? Is this worth your life? Is this worth your job? Is it well, I mean, think about it. If it's God, why are things going well for you? If things are this difficult, doesn't it show you that there's a problem?
2: Mm-hmm.
1: It can't be God. I mean, come on. You're, you're, you're struggling over here. You're struggling. How could that be God? God's a good God. You know, we God guides, He provides. And did you
2: Yeah. <laughs> I'm just saying,
1: I'm just bringing the word of the Lord from my heart, because, you know, I want only good for
2: you. I Go only good for <laughs> <laughs> oh! <laughs> <laughs> Woo
1: Hallelujah. You know, I know the Lord told you. I- I'm telling you, you, I mean, you gather people, I mean, people just. They just flock to you, and it's wonderful. And I know the Lord told you to to really, you know, extend your tent and, and enlarge your tent. I know you did, and I know you've been working on certain things. I, I hear you going on that's radio and you're going on television. Well, listen, you don't want to go through too deep. You don't want to jump out there too deep. Oh. And you know what? Really, 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 you should, you should slow down. And I'll tell you why. Really? Because you have to really build yourself inside. You got to get prepared because there's going to be such backlash and people are not going to like it. And you have to soften your way. First of all, you cannot go with the word that you have. That's not going to work. But okay. that's, that's, what? That's going to be offensive to people. If really? you want people to back you and finances, you have got to let people know God is love. You have so, got so to let right. people know God loves them. You've got to do that, and you've got to let them know that no matter what, God accepts them unconditionally as they are. Now, if you do that, take my advice. If you do that, you're gonna go big. If not, you won't even people won't even think they won't even know who you are. Well, You know, this is this is God that we're
0: having this conversation. Oh, good, good. know I not. I it's I, I have been praying uh, about that because He's been giving me these words, and I'm like, Lord, this is kind of hard. Yes and this is kind of harsh, and the blowback, and so I've really been sitting on a lot. I mean, I I have so many downloads. I have journals, but I've really just been waiting for the right time, so this is confirmation, and from a woman like you, Oh my goodness, this, yes. is, this, this is the Lord. That's why I came and to this prophetic conference. because so I knew you were going to be I wanted to make sure oh, I wow. preserved you. Wow, I saw you talking to my friend over here. Yeah. Camera, yes. And I was like, I hope she turns around and talks to oh, me. Oh, yeah, because I thought it was good. Wow. Oh, wow. Oh, this is really,
1: God, thank God. you, Jesus. Hallelujah. This is really, so
0: many burdens oh, In the mouth I of have. two or
1: three witnesses, there were
0: these. Thank you. Oh, <laughs> mm. yes, Lord, I felt it. Yes. Oh, <laughs> no. <laughs> I tell you what, that's how that happens. <laughs> but
2: I've had people tell me, I know, that. It. I know. It. Oh my goodness,
1: though, tell so. you, no. How about you're not going to want to stay with this woman of God, you know, because oh, yes. you have your when own started, ministry, you have yes. your own calling.
0: Yes. Oh, how about in other well, words, I see you. I see God sending you out. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Dr. Price actually had to shut that down in the spirit. I did. People prophesying us out of the church. It was a whole season. So when we were growing. Mm-hmm. A people prophesying, coming strangers, sitting at the table. Da-da-da. So uh, we're all having a conversation. Somebody looks across the table at one of us. Mm-hmm. So um, how long are you going to be here until God sends you out? What? What? And everybody goes, huh? And now they don't know you. Mm-hmm. Your, your team is like,
2: shing. <laughs> no.
0: You can be able to hear the swords come out. Or uh, when I first started with you. There was a prophet, a prophet in the city, talking about, well, this is going to be hard and ever, and, and it's just really going to do it. But it. so on and so forth. And I thought, never again will you say something <laughs> to me. And at that time, I was so young, I wasn't ready. But uh, it's true. Mm-hmm. And, and it can sound like I was praying to hear from the Lord. I was asking God how I should handle this <laughs>
1: volume of words that I'm not doing anything with because I'm afraid of the backlash. And what did he say? But, but they pronounced this prophecy to me, to make me afraid. Yes. And when you realize that, when, when you are convinced that God has talked to you and you're convicted and you know with multiple signs and multiple indicators, when you know that, though, that prophecy, when it starts cutting through it then you feel that trick of fear, that thing is penetrating your faith shield and it's cutting through to so fear in your heart that can grow. You have got to know that you know that I have had many, many things that I've had. i fought many battles and surely have many more to fight. But one thing you can't tell me is what, the, what God told me to do and what he called me to do. I don't care who you are. You can talk up the front, but don't you know, and but, and all of those kinds of things. And you know what else? No. Uh-uh. When God tells me, I treat that as my clipboard. Uh, I'm going to work this uh... here until I'm done. And so I really don't care. And I've had people, people have told me, if you stop talking about the apostolic, you're going to make it. If you stop telling people, talking hard, if you stop telling people all of these different things, you're going to make it. And whatever. And you know what I said? I don't know about people. I'm an agent of the Godhead. I represent the throne and the kingship of Jesus Christ. It is up to him to shift his people to what I'm saying. And if you last long enough and you build in the meantime, you will know God shifted. Uh, what else you got? You got one more thing. Well, how about
2: the rhema thing? You know what rhema!
0: Sure. Well, you started and you brought it back. Rhema answers to logic. It doesn't eliminate it. It doesn't eliminate it. And it doesn't override it. Like it's Right. Well, we have, I'll say, I have been taught. I was really introduced to the whole rhema side of the word thing mm-hmm. when I moved to Tulsa, mm-hmm. really. I didn't hear too much about that. Growing up, like that was the end-all word from God that you wanted to get. Mm -hmm. So I came out here and I started hearing about the rhema word, the rhema word, the rhema word. That's the word. It's like that's the ultimate achievement Mm -hmm. in hearing from God Mm -hmm. is the rhema word of God. And I could never quite figure out what that meant outside of the Bible because I just was like, okay, but what is that? what, What kind of word is that? That is something... I just just didn't know. I'm so happy that God put me with you. Mm. I'm so happy about that because I would hear those statements and really beyond saying, what? (laughs) I couldn't go any deeper Mm -hmm. on why. I didn't know why it was right or wrong, but it just wasn't clicking. So going back to that logos element and when you said in the beginning, but in the beginning was the logos, Mm -hmm.
1: the word, the logic.
0: Mm -hmm. And we're
1: still running on that logic system. The whole planet, all the planets, all creation is running on logic, and we're running on rhetoric.
0: And aren't we, though? Oh, and you know what I heard on the radio this morning? Rush Limbaugh did uh, his morning segment on the statistics of millennials, who, which we've talked about, who don't go to church mm-hmm. or don't really believe in the God of the Bible. Until mm-hmm. so it was like all of, you know, his morning three-minute thing or whatever. Ran down the stats of those in their 50s or up Mm -hmm. versus the millennials and the huge gap and whatever. And he said, people, you want to know why this nation is hopeless. Mm -hmm. You want to know why it's lost because they're godless. They're godless. They're to the God of the Bible. He said they're Mm -hmm. godless to the God of the Bible. And Mm -hmm. we can't walk away from who God is in his word. Now, these are my words. They're not his. Um, And then still expect to be rising, rising, rising and on point. And so when you were talking about this today, (laughs) I was thinking about, hearing that mm-hmm. this morning and how noteworthy it was. Well, you know, Christians are
1: antichrist, oh. but actually churchians are antichrist because Christians, a real Christian does not have a problem with God, right. and, they, and, they, and they hunger for the Bible because the Bible said you are, when you get saved, you desire the sincere yes. milk of the word that, that you will grow thereby the way a baby desires the milk from the mother's mm-hmm. breast. So, you're talking about that. That gap that he discussed, that gap was caused by the older people. Yes. See, the older people didn't pass on. There was a generation. They did not pass on the knowledge of Jesus Christ. They passed on their criticisms. Mm-hmm. They passed on their failures and flaws. They passed on their disappointments, etc. They created Eli's sons. Yeah. See, they passed on the way Eli. They took an Eli posture and passed on Eli's issues with God and his service to God. Well, you know, I'm not going to put my children on the altar of ministry. I don't know why Abraham did. Yep. See, that's what I mean, logic versus rhetoric. You all are talking about, well, I'm not going to put my children on the altar of ministry, you're going to put them on the altar of sin. Because let me tell you something, some altar is going to get them.
2: Because we're
1: all meant to be a human sacrifice, a living sacrifice to whatever we serve. So we talk about that. It's those 50-year-olds that say, well, you don't have to make them go to church. Let them choose their own God. Now, they couldn't choose their own church. School. They couldn't choose their own doctor. They couldn't choose anything else. But they could choose their own God, their own faith. This, that, those idiots, and God is holding them responsible for that because you did tell your children they didn't need to do that. You did tell them, but it doesn't really mean that. You did tell them that the Bible was written by man. You told them that, that there are many translations. You told them the Bible was subject to private interpretation. You said that, and you said it so much that they grew up conflicted. And then when they in that conflicted state. They met other people. They met unsafe folks. They met lying doctrines and all of that, and they let that fill the slate because you did not realize that in the spirit realm, there's only two factions.
2: Uh-huh.
1: We may have a lot of options in the flesh, but in the spirit realm, there's two factions. There's God and there's Satan in. The there is no middle ground. There is no black and white. There are two people, the, the God of all light and the angel of death and darkness. You don't have any options, but you didn't realize that because in your mind, they aren't real. And because they aren't real, there would be no initiative, no anything um, to back your words or or, or to go to work against your kids. See, you taught your children it didn't matter. I know it because we watch them on all of the television shows of the 60s, 70s, and 80s, all of that kind of thing, all of the jokes about God and all of the jokes about the Bible, and you didn't fight for God.
2: Mm.
1: So your children have nothing to fight for. You didn't pass on his fight because, you know, there's no such thing as a devil. If there's a God, there's a devil. If there's a good you, there's an evil you period. That's just the way it goes. I mean, it's like Yeah. And so we did, we did that. I didn't. I mean, when God showed me Eli's boys and how Eli had become fat and sloppy and lazy, he didn't deal with his sons and daughters. He didn't pass on the legacy of the faith. He did not pass on the inheritance of Christ's covenant. And his boys up there um, literally raping women on the mountaintop in front of the ba- the thing, um, raising. Uh, uh, the people come to worship and literally making them pay for sex up on the mountain tops. You haven't read that. Yeah. And you haven't read that because you're like, that was negative and you were in your happy time, be happy, don't worry mindset. So you didn't want to read God's real issues and how hell comes after your kids.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: You don't want to know that. You wanted the good news gospel. You wanted the happy time gospel, that Buddhistic thing that talks about everything is good and there's nothing evil. God's a good God. He's not an evil God. He's not evil. God is not evil. And evil is what God calls it, not what you call it.
2: How about that?
1: So if God calls evil good, then guess what? It is a killing good. Yeah. Okay? It's good. a slaughtering good. Well, they call it a good kill a lot, they? Right? Yeah, they do. That righteous kill. kill. Yeah. You know, God's got some righteous kills, and you don't think that he does. That's why you're stuck. And that's why your kids don't believe in God. This is a generation that grew up that did not know the Lord. When the last one that was faithful to Him died, all of their children—you didn't want to talk about church. I don't want to hear church, brother. I heard my sermon. I don't want to do it. You were critical. You were dismissive. We denied His name. You decided we we're gonna take His name out and call it him, her, it, and such. We did. We treated God shabbily. I'm sorry, but we did. And you got to go back. I don't care. 50s and 60s. You're looking at your children right now, who are living out your doctrine who have no reverence for the God that you love. Now you love him, because when we get older, we just sick, You know, you lose that strength. Come on, baby. <laughs> I'm come back to you. closer to death. We just come on home to God. But you, your kids are living out that table talk, those criticisms, those arguments, those debates, That all of that liberty and that libertinism. Your kids are living out your words in the flesh because you kept them from the word of God. Uh-huh. We got a lot of time for you. <laughs> uh-huh.
0: take it. Oh, okay. Where you gonna start? I'm gonna start with you saying God is not disarmed by his sentiments. He's motivated by being the Alpha and Omega. Uh-huh. I just need you to say that. You <laughs> preach that. Please <I> <laughs> preach that. But I think that helps to bring perspective on the love conversation. Um it's not that God doesn't love, it's not that he's not aware. But that God is not ruled by that. Mm-hmm. Like, he's not ruled by his emotions the way we are. I just love that. And he's ruled by who he is as identity. So I just love that so much. Mm. Um, you talked about how there's a logic system to what God does, and as Prophet Ashley said that logic trumps Rhema. Um, I agree I agree with her. I because of how I grew up, I didn't mm-hmm. hear Rhema either mm-hmm. until I got here. You know, that's the Rhema word. You know, <laughs>
2: like I know.
0: I'm not one for thing and things like that. Like, just, just give me the word. Just give me the scripture. So um, I love that as well. Some of the, other, the note, other notes I made about is what we talked about mm-hmm. with the fasting. Um, let's see. But you talked about how at the very beginning that we have to put the word to the test that there has to be a filter. Mm-hmm. And that that filter is logic. You know, I think that's an important conversation to have because – we always equate spirituality with kind of crazy or, mm-hmm. or faith. Yeah, you know, kind of crazy. Faith is, yes. tied, is, is not tied to logic. Mm-hmm. logic. Mm-hmm. You know, um, but I love how you present the gospel, that it is tied to logic, that it makes sense what happens, mm-hmm. rather than it's something so ethereal and something that we can't wrap our, our mind around. Mm-hmm. So I just love how you're bringing accountability. I think that's bringing accountability back to what we said. Yeah. You said that prophecy, there has to be prophecy due diligence. Don't prophesy what you're not sure of. You mm-hmm. said that earlier. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, let's talk about that. <laughs> you know, um, that's, let's talk about that because uh, we, we are in a, a day and age where we feel pressured. To prophesy, we're so mm-hmm. pressured yeah. to. this yeah. We're so pressured, pressured, pressured <laughs> to have a word. You know, and social media has done that to us as well. We're just so pressured to have a word and have something to say. But you said something of offensive, and I don't prophesy what I'm not sure
1: about. Mm-hmm.
0: You know, and having that kind of accountability, having that kind of respect for what God has given you, I think it it has to be replicated. We have to understand that more. So mm-hmm. those are some of the things that stuck out to me. Maybe things, but those are some of
1: well, And I also think prophecy due diligence. Like, what yeah. does that mean? What does that look like? Well, you know, when you think about due diligence, you do, you do your homework, you investigate, you, you also find out what the compliances are. You learn the restrictions and parameters and the boundaries so that you are going to perform in a way that is the best practice for you. We need to have prophecy best practices classes because we are so busy caught up in just saying what's in our heart and being told that our gift is accurate because it's our gift and that our gift is, is the expert. Your gift is not an expert. There's no expertise in your gifting, which is why we have schools, which is why we have training, coaches, mentors, and teachers. Your gift is not inherently an expert and we treat it that way. I'm just operating out of my gifting. I don't care. Your gifting could be novice. Your gifting could be wrong. Your gifting could be errant. You could be a person that doesn't read, doesn't study. People who don't read, people who don't study, people who hate schooling and hate homework will be giving you false prophecy because you can't hit it 100% out of, the, out of the mind of God when you can't even understand his logic system and you've not read it. People who don't know the Bible, I'm telling you, I'm being honest with you when I say that, I am not going to trust a prophet who doesn 't know the bible because that 's like going to a lawyer who doesn 't know law. you don 't know the constitution you don 't know the statutes you don 't know any of those things but you 're going to stand up there and tell me you 're going to you 're going to rescue me you 're my advocate, not so. People who do that are their own advocates. Hmm. And so to me, due diligence, we are going to start putting that. I impose that on the prophets today. Do your homework. Stop being so quick to set. If you don't have anything to say, trust me, I've learned one thing that works good over the years. If I don't have a prophecy, I always have a prayer. And I'm telling you, sometimes all you can do is pray. And do you know God can turn that prayer into a prophetic statement to that person without you knowing it, without your initiatives? So I, I don't have to. I tell my prophets, don't do it. one thing I do, tell them, don't stand in front of people talking in tongues. You should have did that in the car. You should have done that at home. If you got to sit there and prophesy by talking in tongues every step of the way, and that is your constant way of doing things, you have a problem. Your prayer life speaks because you, you know, it's the truth. Because you need to go and do your intercession at home before you get to your date. When they stand in front of me, okay, blah 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 blah, the Lord says blah 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 blah. Thus says God, uh uh. Then you are not you are not a spokesperson for God. You're sitting there pulling it off the press like you at McDonald's snatching burgers. I'm like, I don't want that. <laughs> fast food awesome, that word? Okay, can I take your order? Okay, can I, uh, can I like uh-uh. don't do that. <laughs> nothing lets me know that you are untrained in an underdeveloped prophet by the fact that you cannot communicate prophecy as, as conversationally or intelligently. Mm-hmm. Uh, we're not doing that. Now, I tell my people, don't do that. Even when you pray, dear Father, don't do that. Please don't, because you don't do that in any other conversation. Oh. and when you do that, when you have all of those fillers, thank you, Jesus, Hallelujah, Father, all of those fillers—that's bad communications, whether it's prophetic or not. And prophecies have bad communication happen. But it is, isn't that poor no, communication? Pras. It's, pras. It's, it's yeah, shut it it. Can you yeah. do it? I mean, like, uh-uh. <laughs> that's why I can move from conversation to prophecy, and you have to be stupid to know that it is. did. Yes. I am not. Now, they, I have had to do that once in a while. God will make you do it because He's like, I did it for me. But most times, I'm in my office. Can you imagine going to, into your office every day? And as soon as you get there, they got to bring in the computer. They've got to bring in the desk. They've got to bring in the chair. They've got to set up this. They've got to set up that. then we have to give you your inbox, your outbox. Every day you go in, and then at the end, you lock it up, and some mysterious person comes and empty it out again, and you have to start all over again. That's new. That's that is ludicrous. I'm like, know your craft, know yeah. your skill, know your fear, know your dimension. If you don't know, go to school. Y'all stop sending them paying profits who won't go to school. And then you're just going to sit down there. And I'm just going to talk. And I'm just saying, you just take what I said. I'm not doing that. I am discharging an institution yeah. that has branches and departments and service. And we're not doing that. When they start saying, I'm listening to people pray. I know how they're going to prophesy. Because you don't pray different from how you prophesy. So if you're one of those people in. And you know, dear Father God, Lord Jesus, I just thank you for being there. And Father God, Lord Jesus, I just praise you, Lord. And I just ask that you would hear this person, Lord. And I would just ask that you bless them, Lord. And I would ask that you, Lord, hear their prayer and that you go and visit the kids. Hallelujah. Father God, thank you, Jesus. Stop it. Because the prayer gets lost in the fillers. Yes. Yes. You're like, are we praising or praying? I'm not sure which way we're going to go. So it's an impediment. I mean, it is. It's then, an
0: impediment. Exactly. Thank you. You're praying for 20 minutes, but you've actually only said seven minutes worth
1: of <laughs> I know, right? And, then I hear, and I'm hearing you stutter in family. And so I tell them, because, well, because you can do that in church. You can do that in yeah. your little prayer circle at home. You can actually do that. But when you want to go bigger, if you're called to bigger, bigger is not going to relate to that. That's not going to happen. And they'll bring you in once, and after that, twice, that's it. I tell you, stop those stories. You need to learn how to pray. You don't know what to pray, write it out first, and then just read it. Yeah. That's right.
0: Well, you had to train her. <laughs>
1: uh, because I don't see uh, that. that it's so ir- well, I- Yeah, we do, don't we? <laughs> that's irritating. That is so irritating. I'm like, what are you saying? What do I hold on? Do I hold on to this or that? And the same thing, so, so when you pray, you have the constant repetition. Dear Lord, thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Praise God. Amen. Father God, Lord Jesus, Holy Spirit, heavenly host, the 24 elders. The, the 24 elders. the 24
0: Come on, guys.
1: Right. and you're almost looking at too much. I'm going to get through
2: this.
1: Okay, let's be suave. We don't have to be crazy. Yeah. Let's just be small. Let's be sleek.
2: Okay. Let's
1: sound like we belong to the planet and not somebody that just got let out of the catacombs of ancient
2: Christianity.
0: <laughs> We're 21st century <laughs> oh. Well, I, I mean, you taught us that. And uh, we know we've been praying with prophets and intercessions <laughs> raising up the next level. And so it's usually tied to the louder you are. Oh God, please! The more you sweat, yeah, and yeah. the more intense your tongues are, and there's a time for that, of course. Then that's who our high-level intercessor is. Mm-hmm. That's the one. The noisy. because is, they the can more go in, is. they can go in and just push it all the way through every yeah. time.
1: But you know, you can push it through casually. You can push it through yeah, exactly, no conversationally. No, we're not doing that. The devil's a liar. We're not doing that. I'll shut that down in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Cease and desist right now. And I command you to withdraw your hand. That I didn't have to scream for it. and when I get a screaming prophet, I'm like, Come on down, baby. Because you're know, come on down. Because you if, if, if uh-huh. it keeps escalating, it's less of God and it's more of you. But it's showing that your spirit can't take the pressure uh-huh. of God's spontaneous utterance. What? Your spirit, Your spirit is too weak. So it has to keep screaming because the pressure is too much. And your voice is escalating and you have to hear your brain can't get it, but when you just say no mm-mm. oh that's good no so uh, I don't have no I'll, I'll tell you in a minute I talk naturally trust me it's not it's not your shouting it's getting it done it's your it's the lord the Lord is getting it done now there are times that God needs you to be forceful yeah. But as a rule, you do not have to scream and shout. And if every time you pray, your voice escalates, that's lack of discipline and lack of self control. You need to bring it down because you don't want to scream so much that people are so irritated with you yelling at them, they don't even hear what you're saying. Right. So their faith is not being ignited because they're irritated. Calm down. Just bring it down. You know, just bring it down. Yes. But, you know, when you're using-
2: I can't even testify to this after first hearing that from you.
0: You work really hard at that. You don't recognize how much when you pray, you don't use your intelligence, and when you're using yes. your pillars, you're not, you're not thinking. So when you're literally trying hard not to use so pillars, it's just like you would in any <laughs> speech, <laughs> but you actually have to really think <laughs> through your prayer. Um, and in, in focusing on that and hearing that from you, you know, several years ago, really try to focus on that, it's, it's hard, actually, because you, you recognize <laughs> that, wow, I, I really... Don't I really drift off when I pray? Like I really don't really focus on what I'm saying. Um, yeah, you know, like you when you pray, you just it's robotic. Mm-hmm. You know, and those fillers become like you just it, And You just, right? saying, you know, you just mm-hmm. it's robotic. You fall into this thing, and you don't recognize that you're actually not engaged. Mm-hmm. That your logos is not engaged. That you're not focusing on what you're saying. Um, that it's not planned out. That mm-hmm. it's not strategic. It's not anything. You know, <laughs> and I can tell you when I'm tired. Like this is I'm just saying that this is the best way to have is when I'm tired. I'm going to use fillers I to <laughs> and have to tell my spirit, stop that. You know, because you'll bounce back. You'll go to times when you're tired, you're weary, yeah. you're not really focused. You just want to get through the prayer. Mm-hmm. We do all kinds of that. <laughs> we, uh-huh. are we are not really wanting to focus on what we're saying. So I'm just saying that to testify. Mm-hmm. What you're saying is true. High level prayer. And I noticed that um, uh, we pray with apostles mm-hmm. and I, I, one day of the week, they pray very differently. Oh, yeah. um, they pray very calm. Uh, yes, it's powerful, but it's very structured. They're, they're not using a whole lot of fillers. You can tell a really high level of mm-hmm. don't use a whole lot of fillers. And it's almost different because you they almost feel right. <laughs> You're listening to them and you're like, round wow, up or something. You know, we're so, you know, plastics are feisty, you know? So we're like, ah, yeah. and, and that's why you really do need to be changed. Like, profits need that. We need that. Okay. Okay. hol <laughs> you know, you know, about their prayer project let me tell you there's only some hollers no you don't even have the fossil but they're like very kind of cool comic collectors yeah. yet it's like slicing the spirit like you can hear boom, boom yeah but word they're saying, there's qui depl- the cream and depl- the que and things are moving yet there's no shower there's no fill so i think it's, it's definitely a level lion trying to get to because Say every word without a filler, without a tongue. I challenge you. Try that. Try yeah. that off the side, y'all. It is, <laughs> it is a lot harder than it sounds. It's hard. Yeah. It is hard, just like it's hard to do a speech without going, um. So, you yeah. know what I mean? uh-huh. It is difficult, but it's, but it's worth it. And I, I know the prayers that I, I have really felt like I've accomplished more are when I'm very level-headed. And mm-hmm. I'm able to strategically yeah. say mm-hmm. everything that I want to say and get to the heart of that matter. That's actually what I feel the power of God mm-hmm. more. When I'm resorting to my tactics. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Yeah.
1: Well, you know, the fillers, the fillers say something, and you know what it was. says? It says you don't know what to say next. So you're yes. buying time. Yes. You're yes. literally buying time with your tones. You're buying time. And you can say, I'm just wanna hear what God is saying. A gifter would need to do that. See, because your gift like anything else, and unless until it's trained, it's moving like dot dot rest dot dot. But when you have been trained, you're filled with the word of God. Surely I am filled with the power of God, Micah says. So when you're when you have filled yourself, but because you don't study the Bible, you don't know God's ways with the prophet. You don't have the language and the communications of the prophet. When you begin to move into prophetic prayer or prophecy, you're buying time. But well, while you're praying in tongues, it sounds as if you're listening, you're getting from God. No, you and God can't talk at the same time. So obviously, you're blocking your transmission. You're blocking the communication. Every time you go, it sounds deep to the people, but the Holy Ghost is not going to interrupt you, so he'll shut up. So they don't really get everything that God would say to them because you're not in a vessel in, that is equipped for smooth and continuous communications. Your channel is literally choppy.
2: Yes. You know, I mean, isn't that the truth?
1: Though? But that's just, and then
2: it, and it God, we just thank you, but <laughs> like that.
1: And when people prophesy, they do the same thing, you know. And I see the Lord saying blah, 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 that you're going to be, blah, 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 blah. and then to hold it back up because I don't know what you're cutting off while you're time oh. and, and you're trying to fill in the blank.
2: My God!
1: You're using your fillers. That's why they call them fillers. Because you're filling in the blanks.
0: I I tell you, Prophet Adia, what you're talking about, praying Monday with the (laughs) The the apostles? apostles? When we first started, (laughs) I said to Dr. Price, now see here. Uh That Monday call... (laughs) Is a different call. Oh, yeah! All it's, together, yeah. And it no, is. they have three because they're calling at the different time zones. I know. You have a phone oh, call I, at three thirty in the morning in Portland, and you have one at one in uh, Boston, one in Florida. It's uh-huh. six thirty uh, in the morning and everything in between. And I said they exemplify what you said, though. Yeah. No, no, no. When you sit in the seat. Mm-mm. You just get the job done. So we have the the variety <laughs> within the ranks, <laughs> but those ones, that applause from Nolan Parker? Yeah, that okay.
1: woman, she's Okay. That woman, like like, okay.
0: okay. And you're like, oh, <laughs> she'll, she'll come. Like All that's how it's And it's like taking roll call, and really? we're going to check yeah. off demonic oppression. We're going to check off infiltration. Yeah. We're going to check it off. And it's like she's just going through a checklist Money. in Jesus' name. Amen. And I'm like, I <laughs> think you just
2: said <laughs>
0: as opposed to the prophet's prayer asking
2: "What's
0: the prophet's <laughs> 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 well, we were in Portland with you uh-huh. this last Portland trip you wanted to pray in the hotel so you with the prophets and everybody wanted to jump in Dr. Price said Shh. she said first of all we're in the hotel that's number one and so we can't she said but what guys you don't have to be like that you don't have to be like that you don't have to shout it out because it was escalating and I thought mm-hmm. I'm, in my mind I'm thinking three,
1: two, guys. We don't bring mm-hmm. you down, first of all, and then you don't know what, it, and then you have the one person praying in English and everybody else, and I'm like, I don't know what to say. And mean to. I'm confused,
0: <laughs> and I'm in the prayer. I'm in the well, and you're like, you can't possibly be supporting what this person is saying because nobody is can listening. hear them, exactly. And you aren't listening, you are not listening. <laughs> we need the help because we need it. <laughs> I, oh, I, I advocate help because <laughs> you're, you're taught things about prayer incorrect and You're taught things about how the flow of prayer should move. Mm-hmm. And, and I, I will say when I when I got with you and connected with you, I realized wow, there's a lot of things that I've learned about prayer that were incorrect. But cuz you think that if there's not, if it's not a high pitch, yeah, it, if there's not a loud clamor, a wall of the noise to be right. a wall. you has to be noise. a wall of noise. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> and everyone
2: has to be in the oh, you know
0: where well, you can't really, you can't distinguish nothing from anybody. No, you, <laughs> no, but can you imagine heaven? That'd be done through. And
1: we then somebody can start praying. Okay. Is this? And then we can <laughs> start praying. So they're like, we, no, we, we don't
0: even know. No, no. The
1: angels are like, what are we going to do when this is over? Well, who are you going to listen to? I don't uh, know. Uh-uh. No, I like
0: how when, when, we're, when we're in prayer times with you, when we're praying in tongues, we're mm-hmm. all praying in the spirit. There's a moment that happens, if you ever get the privilege of praying with us, but there's a moment that happens when she begins to speak in, in our English mm-hmm. tongue,
2: And you just just
0: shut up, like, everybody mm-hmm. just quiet it and just allow the prayer to, to go forth, mm-hmm. you know, I I've learned yeah. a lot from yeah. that, you know, mm-hmm. that when, when someone is speaking out the prayer, so, like, there's moments when we all are praying together, you mm-hmm. know what I mean? We all are praying in tongues, but there's that time when your voice cuts through the noise, must, and it's um, like everybody knows when <laughs> you need to speak out mm-hmm. what the prayer is, and everybody knows to fall back mm-hmm. and allow that word to come forth, you know, so there's a time and space for mm-hmm. everything,
1: I guess. Well, right. um, because I do have interpretation of tongues, so I'll be like, right. um, Okay, we said enough on this subject, so we need to shut up now. Mm-hmm. Or you will know? say you do have not. the word. You have, you the, word. have the prayer. Yeah. I know. And wait a minute. And they always say no. I done. I said, uh-uh, do start with me. <laughs> I said, do not. When I say you have the word, you better dig it up because <laughs> I know it's there. You better go get it because I know up. you have. Don't I say it? Dig it dig up. Dig it up. I was a like, dig it. Oh, no. And did not. She did talk about. But I don't feel. I don't care what you feel. You better be in your office. Find something. Start out with our Father who i in heaven. If you must. <laughs> How <laughs> will be your? You get the how be your name? he's gonna say something. How <laughs> 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 will be your great name? But you, the, our, the whole point is that it is divine communications. Yeah. yeah. It is not mayhem. Yes. It is not a sports day. We're not chanting and all of that all at once. And then another thing is when you're playing with folks. And you can hear the person who's trying to be egotistical. Hold on, baby. You're not playing with us. Back up. Come on in. Come on. Because you're, so you're out there in the field trying to let everybody know that you and God have deep times in the prayer closet. I don't really care about your prayer closet. You're catching up on your prayer Okay. Yeah, right. You're, yeah, you're catching up. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. This is great. Like, when we have intercession, and I will tell those of you who have intercession groups, I don't let anybody enter intercession with personal problems because they're going to hold you up. They cannot fix it. Now, either we're going to cover those personal problems before we start playing, or we're going to excuse you because you can't set aside your personal issues. And it's really funny because I do hear, so when I'm listening, I'm like, oh, you're not praying about us at all. Okay. Hold it. Hold it. Everybody all over the place. Stop. You know, stop. Because you have to have that ability as the person leading that intercession to recognize when people have latched into their personal sorrow, their personal crises, and you have them try to pray for a corporate issue.
2: Yeah.
1: And in having them do so, you've got to listen to realize, uh-oh, so-and-so had a bad day, they're not making it, or if they sit in my prayer circle and you don't pray, I will put you out. Of it. And you know why? I'll do it for your own safety because, see, I'm casting out devils, and you quiet, so you're taking them in. You don't go home and talk about, since I've been in intercession, my life been a wreck. Yeah, because you keep coming to sleep. You keep coming to be silent. You're not worried. Your deflectors are not up. Your shields are down. Do we have any questions or comments before we leave? She's, she's still excited. Oh, yeah, you definitely have comments. <clears throat>
0: Somebody said, I'm done.
2: <laughs>
0: Thank you. Okay, let's see. Let's uh, see. Correction. Oh, yes, correction. Teach. That's what I'm talking about. i Awesome, <laughs> Dr. Price. Wow. Teach us. I've been eating a great meal this afternoon. <laughs> uh, you have helped me today. Mm, at okay, it. Fill in the blank. That was mm. funny. Okay, bit. Apostle Sally, she was talking, yep. She on that money. She on that money. She and she's smooth with it, you should she she's smooth. She said, Yes, pray without a filler, but be precise. Come on now. Teach. <laughs> uh, that's good to know. Speak it. Wow. Wow, yes, Lord. Amen. Uh, uh write it out first, then read it. If that's all you can do. Yeah. Yeah. Be suave. Be hashtag suave.
1: <laughs> <laughs> You don't always have to be rumpled and crumpled, looking like a Lumba, trying to sound a
2: Joseph. You
1: know, all crumpled.
0: Uh, you don't pray different from how you prophesy. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's true. That, isn't that the truth? You're bad communicators. Mm-hmm. If you don't have a prophecy, you have a prayer. Yes, LOL, that's good. That's true. <laughs> uh-huh. And when you're standing on this side of the prophetic line, <laughs> <laughs> you know you better. And the prayer of faith. <laughs> And it's like, what are you saying? Let's see
2: here.
0: Uh, we can't have questions because you are feeding us. <laughs> my Lord, mouth open. <laughs> Kyron said, great session. Hi, <laughs> hey, Kyron. Hi, Kyron. You will need to grab so go the audio of book, <laughs> Adventures in Prayer. You oh, will yeah, yeah, yeah. be so blessed by this. Go online right now, Dr. com. Grab that audio book. It's in download the so chapters 1 through 4 and chapters 5 through 8 you will not regret getting that listening to that if, you, if you've enjoyed what we talked about on prayer today get that audiobook let that bless your life but don't we have something also to do on fasting yeah we have um the how to guide to consecration and and um and prayer so and that includes the model of mm-hmm. fasting we encourage you guys to grab that as well and don't you have a class on the governmental prayers Spring governmental prayers, yes, in Price University. yep. And Ruling the Supernatural oh. is a summer school course. It's not too late to enroll. Mm-hmm. Eight weeks um, started started Monday, so there's still time. Yeah. Uh, Ruling the Supernatural talks about opening your prayer portal. Mm-hmm. So you can't rule it if you can't get in it. Yeah, <laughs>
2: you
1: know, and, and if, and, and if the helps, you know, think about your prayer portal as the uh, cherubim at the East Gate of Eden. They're going to let you in according to how God does it and what God says. And so if you have not understood how to do it, you just cannot breach. Can you imagine? The devil did try to breach. The, the, the Adam tried to breach, and those seven was like, not so. Y'all have lost your clearance. Well, you don't come in here now. We're not going to let you in. You got to find another way. And so think about your prayer portal like that. And rested on John one fifty one, where the portal was once a ladder, but in Jesus, when you're it's a ladder for those who are out of Christ, Genesis twenty eight, but it's a it's a person, and it's embodied by those who are members of Christ or in His body. Right. So you do want to get the the praying governmental prayers. You want to get rolling the supernatural. You definitely want to get the consecration book, and you don't want to miss Adventures in Prayer, yeah. especially if you are a, an intercessory trainer. Yeah. If you train people in intercession, then you don't want to ignore those things. So why don't you just get them all because you know what? At the end of June, beginning of July, you can be potent and you can be powerful. Finish that class at Price University because it's needful. I'm telling you, those and when you go on there, when you go to Price University, you're going to find a lot of classes. If you think what we say is wisdom from God, then you know the Bible says. Get wisdom and with all your all you're getting, get understanding. It said buy the truth, and then it said buy wisdom. Don't get all upset because we have a sign a fee to it. You need to pay for it. It needs to cost you something, and we need to reap what it costs you. It is not that's a that's a principle in God. The principle of God is that if we show to you material, spiritual things, we have a right to expect you to reward us with material. And so that's Bible. I know we've gotten so away from Scripture, that everybody's okay with ripping off the saints, ripping off the ministers, Mm -hmm. stealing our our inheritance, stealing our reward, and not even doing it on purpose, literally doing it unwittingly. You have no idea, but yet you find somebody says, well, you know, it shouldn't cost. It costs you. You don't go to work for free every day. You do not. You don't go to work for free every day. You go to work because it, they pay you, and it costs them to get your expertise. It costs them to get your skills and your capabilities. So we need to kill that because some of you all have sold bankrupt uh, ministers and their inheritance, you don't realize that that's why your money is messed up. Your money is, is tied up because that person mm-hmm. has been, has been um, wrongly, it has been plundered and pillaged at your hand. So God has got to let what you sow grow, and when it grows, it comes back on you. And you don't want to do that. You know, we have to be, you know, uh, what does the Bible say? John says, that, um, Jesus says, that John, we, it is the coming of us. It befits us yeah. to fulfill all righteousness. And I think that's time for sure you got a couple of minutes to tell us some more stuff because we're going to let you close out. Okay. With these well, let's close
0: out with the event.
2: Then. Okay, let's do so
0: June 20th through the 23rd is coming up before we know it, it's going to be here. The Tulsa Prophetic Training Institute, our very own Dr. Paul Price is going to be speaking. Dr. Ulf Spears from Prophetic Ed North West is going to be here with us. Mm-hmm. Um, our, our own chief prophet, Paul Price, will be speaking as well. Prophet Ashley will be teaching an evening class. I'll be teaching, teaching a class for the young people in the evenings as well. It's going to be a powerful time, June 20th through the 23rd. It's not too late to register. All you have to do is go online and visit us at drpaulaprice.com. Early Bird is still happening right now, so Early Bird's only $99, and the hotel has changed. For all of those of you who are listening and you come to our events all the time, you want to make sure that you book your spot at the Doubletree at Warren Place. That's where we're going to be this year, the Doubletree at Warren Place. You can let them know that you're booking for the Tulsa Prophetic Training Institute or Paula Price Ministries, and they'll be able to help you there. We're so excited about what God is going to be doing.
1: It's prophetic in the present tense. Yes. And why do we need the prophetic in the present tense? Because we're getting ready for God's future, okay? You think the prophetic is going to be as it's always been. You think church and Christianity will be as it's always been. God's future has changed. And wouldn't it be great for you to get advanced equipment, advanced training for it? So bring in your your. Church, if you're a pastor, bring your church, prophetic or not, bring your church. If your church has the Holy Ghost, there's some prophecy going on in there somewhere. You want to do it. Pastors, if you want to begin to regulate this and manage this in your local assembly, in your local congregation, here's where you do it. We, are, we have done this, um, and I'm going to tell you, I know I'm an expert in this 30 years, 30 plus years. I know I am. All of the manuals that I've written, books, assessments, et cetera. Why not come to the experts and become one yourself? We need a lot of prophetic experts. We need a lot. We don't use that term because we've been told that that's arrogant. That is not true. That is not true. Jesus was always considered to be superb, expert, et cetera. So were those apostles. We brought them to you. you, uh, and and For you to get here, to those apostles, we brought them to Peter. Peter was such an expert. He told a woman she got to get up from the bed. That's what God is looking for. And we're going to start being experts. So come join us in June and, and, and become join us in the training that makes you an expert. And begin to look to be an expert. Stop letting somebody tell you that you should be mediocre because it's humble. Come. Again, go to my website, drpaulaprice.com, and say, I'm coming. I'm taking advantage of the early bird. I'm, I'm getting my registration at the Devil Tree Warren Place in Tulsa. I'm good to go. Hey, it's time for us to leave you. We've enjoyed it. and hey, She's got a finger on the button. So over here. <laughs> We've enjoyed it. Join me Sunday for Scripture Organic, Cultural Modified Christianity. Hallelujah at the Congregation of the Mighty where God stands. We go live at 10 a.m. If you are also uh, <clears throat> on the Internet, 7.30 in the morning. You can catch the broadcast, Taking It On with Paula Price. It's a powerful show. We're talking about now, Mind Stuff. Woo! I love you all. God bless you. Hey, so was she. In Jesus' name, we love you. God bless.
2: Judy was boring.
1: Hello.
0: Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com.
2: It's my little escape.
0: Now Judy's the life of the party.
2: Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon.
0: Whoa, take it easy, Judy.